This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, we are back for segment number two on Steelers Nation Radio. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler right here. And man, continuing this conversation about the new overtime rules in the NFL. The NFL? You know that place. You know what that stands for, I've been told? Um, uh, nuggets, fries, and lemonade. Oh, I wish. Not for long. Ah, oh, man. Hopefully this rule doesn't last for long. Oh, you hey, see, you hey, see hey. Look at you, Mr. Transitioner. Look at you. But anywho, before we went to break, we did ask the power grid and the megawatts to, you know, let us know their opinions, their thoughts, their comments and concerns on the topic. And once again, y'all never fail to, uh, you know disappoint y'all always step it up <laughs> all right see, i never felt disappointed. i was gonna say y'all never on. disappoint I, I understand what you're saying yes y'all never disappoint excuse me on that a little rusty but either way man let's get to these tweets real quick man as we uh continue to you know dive into this new overtime rules segment yeah our buddy thrash tweets us and he knows what trail he's following in this it's that paper trail hey the money never lies he says, you know why they changed the overtime rules, right? Why? After the first score, they get to cut to commercial and get four more minutes of revenue. Lord, he ain't never lied there. The yeah. NFL will do anything for a buck. That is a big part of the reason why games factual. are three and a half hours long now. And the Super Bowl is like 20 hours long because they got like oh, 50, 1100 commercials. Absolutely. We got a 40-minute halftime because yeah. we have to have the show, but we still have to get all those commercials Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Hey, money, 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 money. That's what they say, man. Rules the world. And he tweets us and says the NFL is like a celebrity addicted to plastic surgery, <laughs> making tweets where none are needed and minimizing defense. <laughs> it's the truth, man. It's the truth. Uh, I, and, and he adds, I think Major League Baseball tweaking the game for more home runs made it unwatchable. There is a tipping point. I I certainly agree that there is a tipping point with all this stuff. Now, I don't think any of us think you know that an overtime tweak is that point. But, you know, you... There, there is a, there's a tightrope to walk there, I think, for sure. No, it definitely is. Um, and like I said, man, I brought up the Thursday night game element of it because I do feel at one point the Thursday night games were starting to be a little bit of that tipping point of watered-down content, oversaturation of the market. And then we saw what the NFL did was what? They started to put more of their marquee matchups on Thursday nights instead of the we're going to put whoever on Thursday night. Don't, we don't want them on Monday night football. So when they made that adjustment, it did kind of bring a spark back, but we start to see, like I said, the quality of play in terms of the injuries, in terms of guys not being 100%. And that's why Thursday night games are frowned upon at times when we bring them up. So with this, I don't think it'll be to that full extent because it won't be as frequent. But if you start putting these you know, rules and things like that into the regular season and then we start to see it potentially have an impact on players, especially from a health yeah. Standpoint, oh, yeah. then yeah, we will start to have that feeling of, man, this isn't needed. This wasn't necessary, and we need to make an, a, another amendment to it. I was, uh, you know, before you got in here, I was uh, with our buddy Craig Wolfley. The our, Wolf Man? Our colleague and our friend. Um, and he was pointing out how just for him, he feels like there's mixed signals in terms of so many of these decisions in the sense of, you know, OTAs and off-season programs are so limited now. Mm-hmm. Training camp, the amount of padded practices limited now. In the regular season, the amount of contact and padded practices limited now. And they talk about it all in the name of player safety, but then they add more games, then they, they add, add more then they add more overtimes, mm-hmm. and there's just there's you know, it's it's uh 
it's not adding up in that regard. I mean, that sounds like a man that, that that's played the game. That sounds like a man who understands it because even when they talked about, hey, we're going to expand the regular season, but hey, we're going to take a preseason game away. And what did fans say? Fans, oh, this is a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And players said, bro, are you kidding? Like, like those like those are on the same level. That's not even close to the same level. Like, oh, we're going to add another round of the playoffs as well, right. too. And it's like, that's the disconnect. But that's why us as players, man, you, you get frustrated when you hear the NFL say certain things. Yeah. But then their actions are totally different. But because we're the ones who are on the field, us trying to communicate that versus the, you know, the machine, which is the NFL and how the fans support the league as a whole, it always, you know, gets overlooked. But, yes, this is definitely one of those things that kind of goes right back into it of what are we doing here? Are you trying to are you trying to prolong careers? Are you caring about player health and safety? Or is that just a cool hot word that you throw out there? But at the end of the day, you're going to do it gets you more money. Three preseason. So, so, so pretend you're not a surefire, you know, starter. You're not TJ Watt or Cam Hayward, right? You're Alex Highsmith. You're Alex Highsmith, and you know you're, you're playing Robert in the Spillane. preseason. It, you, three preseason games, sometimes four, if you're like mm-hmm. the Steelers now last year, and you got the Hall of Fame game, right? Then seventeen. Let's let's say last year is a hypothetical for the Steelers. Four preseason games, then seventeen regular season games. Arthur Motes. I'm not good at math, but I can do that one. That's mm-hmm. 21 games. Mm-hmm. Then you get into the postseason where you can play four more games. Mm-hmm. That's 25 games potentially. Yeah. And you're telling me in game 21, 22, 23, I might have to play an extra 15 minutes. I'm gonna have to play two overtime right. periods because you know how this could work too. First team gets the ball, kicks a field goal. Second team gets the ball, kicks a field goal, and then there's a bunch of back and forth, and we still don't have yep. a winner. I mean. You could end up playing 25 games plus plus extra quarters for overtime. It's just that's that's a lot, man. That is that is you know it much better than me. You played in the league for a decade, but I can only imagine just the wear and tear that that is obviously on your body and, and on your, you know, on your mental health as well, too. No, absolutely. I mean, league averages what? A little over three years, like 3.2 seasons, I think it is. Exactly. But we continue to do what? Expand the season. But, but if you're ready for this, and this is the, the behind the scenes. I don't really like to do this in terms of giving that type of info, but expanding seasons, expanding regular season, league average is still three, three and a half, three, two, but they still haven't changed when you get your pension. Ah, So you can already see the long game as well as the short game. But that's, like I said, for the, the I don't want to bore the fans with that because <laughs> fans don't care about that. You could take us into the sports law classroom <laughs> you know, here, but, but, but that, But that is also the, for the alumni like myself, or even when I was a veteran player and I had got to that point where I could start to see that element of it. It's just like, man, this business model is set up for the players to not be successful. Mm-hmm. And the longer you expand games... That gap only widens. And it's only going to make your career span shorter, but yet to reach your pension, we're still going to keep that at the same level. But like I said, man, I don't like to talk that money stuff like that because we know billionaires are all that matters as it pertains <laughs> to NFL money, which is why we get the the you know the reactions we get when players yeah. ask for money, hold out, whatever. We get it. We get it. Side with the billionaires. I'm with you. All right? I'm on, I'm on your team as well. Okay? That's because Arthur Motes is a billionaire. Stop it. If I was a billionaire, I wouldn't be doing this show. There, there is a, 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 a I was, I don't want to say hundred percent, but it's a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance I would not be doing this no, show. No, hundred percent, or any other show that you might see. Mozi, I okay? love you. We're very fortunate what we get to yeah. do for a living. Yeah. If I was a billionaire, nobody would, nobody would. I text you every once in a while. But I don't nobody care. Would hear from I don't care how bored I get. 
I would find other ways to oh, entertain buddy. myself than With come up here kind of to money, talk, okay? you, never, you never get bored. That's all I'm saying, I just man. want to become a billionaire okay. and act like I don't know anybody. Okay. I didn't, I'm not a billionaire, and I still act like I don't know anybody. People start hitting up my phone. Wait a second. You know, I was going to say, I'm, a, I'm not a billionaire, and I still act like I don't know anybody, okay? You're like the only person I answer for. It's like you and, like, maybe five people total, okay? <laughs> Wait a second. Who's this? <laughs> New number. It's the same number. Yes, it's high school. It's still a new number. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's still uh, a new number. Uh, I, I, I got uh, it. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think I remember you. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're my cousin and we've grown up together. I think I remember you. Uh, it, it looked kind of fuzzy, but I guess I'll entertain you for a little bit. But let's get back, man. Do we got any other yeah, tweets we got a couple, on this more tweets before we transition we, to the we uh, round this out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sensei tweets us something different about the electric factory when it's live. Welcome back. I do not like this new rule, but I would like to see a uh, declared winner and eliminate ties in the game. Yeah, in terms of the regular season. I wonder if we're getting there with yeah. all this eventually, too. Yeah, because right now you can't have a tie in the regular season. We saw that last year with the Steelers and the Detroit Lions. But when it's the postseason, the game will just continue on. We've just never had a playoff game last that long. Right. But that has been a rule for the NFL postseason. That's one of those things, like you said, we never see it because how often does the playoffs go that long? Or playoff overtime go that long? Right. So that is, you know, like I said, something that we haven't had to see. But for the regular season maybe you do throw in that whole skill shots that we joked about at the end of overtime mm. regulation versus continue to just play another quarter or try to find a winner that way. That is something that they could look into. But, yes, I, I do feel your sentiment right there, though. 40-yard dash between the kickers. The fat- <laughs> Whose kicker is the fastest? 40-yard dash between the defensive coordinators. Ooh, man. Hey, listen. There'd Dick be LeBeau, that, that you want to talk about unfair. Keith Butler. Oh, man. But man, I know he got them hips. You know, he, he, could you he, imagine like head coach, uh, head coach forties, and you've got Andy Reid against Sean McVay? Eh, oh a little, Lord. Off, little oh offside Lord. there. I wonder if Coach T be fast. Him versus Harbaugh. Oh, now. <laughs> oh, you got with it. You know what, Arthur Mutz? If full circle, if I was oh a billion, if gosh. I was a billionaire, I would reach out to both Camp Tomlin and Camp Harbaugh, yes. and I'd say, "How much money do I have to donate to which charity to get you two to run a forty against?" That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Give me Cliff Kingsbury against uh, what's the, the new Dolphins head coach who's, uh, who's, oh, who's young? The, the minority. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike McDaniels, right? The guy who looks like me. The guy who looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah, that, that guy. That guy. <laughs> him, versus, him versus Cliff in the Florida. Let's ride. <laughs> Steel City Champs tweets us and says, uh, I've got more of an interest in the diversity committee than the OT change rule. Mm. Rule, rule change. Well, good for you. We'll be getting there in just a second. Uh, one last one. Matt tweets us. And Matt, I believe, first-time tweeter here, so let's do this correct for Matt, all right? Welcome to the party, pal. There it is. Matt there it says, is. Uh, this rule punishes the team that loses the coin toss more. It allows the team to defer the kickoff, and if they give up a touchdown, then they know they have to go for it on fourth down. That's a good point as well, too. There's some strategy in there now, too. Yeah, I mean, it's strategy. I think regardless if you win the toss or lose the toss, but knowing that you're going to get the ball, if you're focused on scoring eight points, it really doesn't matter. And, uh, that's a good point. You know, too. that's kind of how I think of it. But it could evolve in that way too, yeah. where we continue to see more and more teams going for two regularly. Right. We saw that last year. I think the Ravens were the main ones doing it, and obviously they had some health concerns of why they were going about it that way. But I mean, there's nothing stopping teams from doing that. No. And at the end of the day, you still got to play defense. So if you get a stop in any way, shape, or form, I mean, right now you can win the game defensively if you score a touchdown. If you get a safety, we know those. That's that still carries over from the previous. Uh, overtime rules but either way there's going to be some type of strategy that you could put into this to make one side feel better or not i just personally don't think that it was needed 
Same here. I really don't, it was, man. It was knee-jerk, but it also, too, you know, to be fair, don't think it'll have some massive sweeping impact on the game. We we don't like it. We think it was knee-jerk and unnecessary, but it's not a, you know, it's not all of a sudden we're going to make the guys start playing without helmets or some, you know, it's not a, it shouldn't be a drastic uh, sure? shifting of the are, NFL landscape. Are landscape. you sure we're not going there next? Although, hey, you watch, never know. watch this space. You never know. <sighs> but... I do feel like we're all on, you know, a similar accord as it pertains to these new overtime rules. Now, wait, though. If this if this ends up in the next year or two helping the Steelers win a playoff game, then we'll all be like, ah, best thing ever. Oh, but if it hurts us, then we'll be like, oh, man, I can't stand I this, man. You. I told you guys you it sucks. You have been talking about it since March of 2022. Let, let us go down there and score a touchdown on an opening drive. And we kick a field goal, and they score and go for two. Oh I was just going to say, gosh, we, we go down, we score oh a touchdown, my God, the game extra point, be over. other team gets the ball. I score. can't believe this. Not that the Steelers could stop them on the two-point conversion oh, and win. No. Unfair. Unfair. Unjust. What are we doing? Blasphemy. We're protesting. Get the pitchforks out. Picket signs. Let's go. There will there will always <laughs> If we know anything about the National Football League and sports in general, Motsi, there will always be debate. Always. But. I want to transition because this is Mr. Rooney's network. It is. You know, he he is the one who cuts the checks. And anytime there is a modification or anything mm. surrounding his rule, mm. that is the Rooney rule. We always have to come up here and discuss it, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Yes, we do. And there was an amendment to the Rooney rule. Now, for those that don't know, the Rooney rule is geared towards helping minority candidates get interviews um, at head coaching and executive uh, levels and they've made amendments to it throughout the years of you know a certain amount of requirements for candidates um, incentivizing draft picks being associated with the development of these minority candidates as they pertain to becoming head coaches or executives for their organization or other organizations but there still was a feeling that it needed to have more done to it because it does seem like every year we get the same conversation and we get the same people saying the same things. Oh, man, no, we don't need amendments. You got to hire the best person available. But when we see the best person available be a person of color or a minority and they don't get those opportunities, then it becomes, well, we just want to take a chance on this young candidate. But then when you see other young candidates who are minorities as well, they say, well, no, we don't want to take a chance on that guy because he doesn't have any offensive background. So now with the new Rooney Rule modification implements is starting this season, you have to hire a minority to be an offensive assistant. And that offensive assistant has to be included in game planning, has to be included in personnel decisions, has to be included in terms of working with the quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, skill position, things like that. Because in the recent history of you know, the new wave of signings, that has been their new argument. Well, we like minority coaches, but they aren't at the quarterback realm. They're not offensive coordinators. And that was the new reason why we would either see a retread on failed coaches getting head coaching opportunities or GM opportunities, or why we would see guys that we didn't feel were qualified, case in point of Joe Judge, getting an opportunity to be a head coach solely because they might have had an offensive connection somewhere down the line. I think he was an assistant receivers coach while being a special teams coach, and that was their reasoning. So this amendment is ultimately trying to cut out that excuse next. Yes. And like I said, it's unfortunate because, yes, you would love for this to be a perfect world, and, hey, man, best candidate always gets the job, but 
unfortunately, this is America, ladies and gentlemen. And we've seen, you know, issues that we're dealing with as a society in 2022 are very similar to the issues that we dealt with in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. There's nothing truly new under the sun as Sports pertains to this. are a microcosm of society, my friend. Absolutely. So that is the large reason in terms of why this amendment has been put in. But I want to get your thoughts on it initially, man. When, when you saw that it's mandatory now that every team hires a minority as an offensive assistant, not it doesn't matter if you're a position coach. I don't care about any of that. They have a special role now as an offensive assistant to be included in some of these things. Like I said, what were your thoughts on that? I feel like I'm using these big platitude words today. You know, you, you asked me my thoughts on the overtime rule change. Knee jerk was my my initial thing. I like how you said big words and you said knee jerk. It's a pretty big <laughs> listen. listen you, you, go to, you go to WVU and tell me it's a big word. Hey, man, right? I got a big word for you, baby. You ever heard of knee jerk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, baby. I'm with you. This, to me, is lip service. Yes. In theory, if I'm putting on my sunshine and rainbows glasses, Arthur Motes, right? Everything is beautiful. And I, everything is pure as is intended, and everything is... There's there's never any underbelly to any of this stuff. It's all good intentions. Oh, and yeah. it's, a, it's perfection. Sure. I could sit here and say, oh, yeah, this is... A, but we have seen, man... In, in this specific instance, as it relates to diversity on NFL staffs, in front offices, in positions of power, positions of management, wherever it may be, it's, it's again, it's a microcosm of everywhere else in life. It's the same thing. You're really not going to have change until the people in positions of power want to have change. And, and, and time and time again... Not all 32 NFL owners, certainly, but the overwhelming majority have shown that they don't really actually give a rip about change. They care about the perception of it all. Mm -hmm. They care about the perception of these things and the perception of racism and equality. And, you know, you can go on down the list. You you know what I'm referencing. But when when, when push comes to shove, they don't really care because— as we've pointed out, wherever you're at on whatever spectrum, one thing that we all have in common is that we are still going to bow to the altar of the National Football League on Sundays mm-hmm. and on Monday nights and Thursday nights and occasionally Saturdays and Wednesday afternoons as well, too. This stuff does not, it, it just doesn't. It does not affect the bottom line. And that's really the only thing news flashed that most of these, most, again, most, not all, not but all most, but most of these yes. billionaires care about. It's, it's lip service to me. There was another ugly cycle this offseason, and now the league is in a public, you know, dispute, lawsuit, whatever you want to call it with Brian Flores. That no, is a lawsuit. Absolutely. It's, you're right. It's not whatever it's you want to call it. It's yeah. a lawsuit. It's a dispute. It's a lawsuit. They're, they're being sued by one of their own. Um, this, to me, just feels like another, you know, let's let's have our ducks in a row and make it seem like we're doing the right thing when we – really aren't going to change much. And, and we, I, and we I honestly wish, saw that. I wish I was wrong, but that's that's where I'm at with all this. Well, and I was going to say, we obviously saw that as well, even pertaining to the Brian Flores situation. We know how qualified he is. And we saw how in Houston, I think his last name was what, David? Oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blink on how I'm, on his last yeah. name. Uh, but um, David Cauley, excuse me. He comes into the Houston, Texas situation. No Deshaun Watson. They get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it's a dumpster fire, and yet he finds a way to make this team competitive. He finds ways to win games with this team. They fire him. And you're like, what was the purpose of it? 
But then after that, it's like, man, you don't go and bring in a Brian Flores. You don't go in and bring in another qualified coach who, you know, based on all the other reasons of why we're hiring the way we're hiring. No, you go and get a Lovey Smith who we know what that situation is in Houston. It's another placeholder. That's it. And it's just frustrating to see, but that will be a wrap. That will be another, oh, well, we gave him an opportunity. Thumbs up. Pat ourselves on the back. And it's just like, you get rid of Brian Flores really, in Miami. You just who, who back to back. I, I, like, it's just crazy to see, like you said, the the just the inconsistencies in this process. Don't tell us as fans, as consumers, that, hey, this is a fair process and everybody, we're going to hire the best candidate available because that's not accurate. Don't tell us you're going to hire the guys or keep the guys that prove that they can win in organizations that are tanking because, once again, that is proving that that is not the case. I mean, every rhyme or reason that they give us in terms of the NFL, in terms of why they hire the way that they do and things like that, it is always factually inaccurate when we go back and look at these things and that's the most frustrating part to me with this whole situation that's absolutely spot on by you you know we we were joking a few minutes ago about like oh if i was a billionaire so and so right mm-hmm. this is not a joke this is a real thing if i was a billionaire you want to know one of the things i try and do arthur most try to do own a sports franchise mm. I, I nfl you know again you gotta you gotta have some money money to own an nfl team but NBA team, NHL team, you know, I'd love to own an English soccer team, right? A lot of these guys, that's what it all stemmed from. I mean, it's an investment. They that's had it. a ton of money, yeah, and an they saw it as an investment and something that would be fun to do. They're not like Mr. Rooney and hands-on day-to-day and involved in the hiring and the scouting processes and really bleeping, a rarity. <laughs> really bleeping want to win football games. Pittsburgh is a rarity. As a person who's been a part of multiple organizations, Pittsburgh is a rarity, especially with ownership. A lot of these owners are billionaire, wealth beyond imaginable, wealth beyond imagined guys who are essentially playing fantasy football because they have the money to. I said it's no different than a person with a rental property. Like, you don't go over there and you, oh, I love this property so much, and I'm going to make sure every tenant in here is great. It's like, nah, they don't treat it like that. They treat it like it's an investment. Do what we need to do as long as it doesn't affect the bottom line. Okay. And as we've seen from the baseball team in town, Arthur Motes, mm-hmm. you can still make a pretty profit in professional sports without giving a rip about actually winning games or contending or you know trying to win. And so that's why I think a lot of people do that. Well, what do you mean? It's the NFL. They're try- it's a competitive business. They're trying to win games. Why would they not hire the best candidate possible? Because they don't look – they're not fans like we are. They're not. They are billionaires with wealth beyond comprehension, and this is a game. To, it's fun to them. It's a business, It's a way to make some more money, to have their name and attached to the arguably the biggest brand in the world. It's, it's – in a weird way, it's not that serious to them because no matter what they do, they're still going to get the perks of being one of 32 people in the world mm-hmm. that do this. And they're and they're going to make money hand over fist because I mean just alone Arthur Motes the NFL just signed a new media deal that pays each team three hundred million dollars a season. Yep. Before they sell a ticket, before they sell a sponsorship, before you go and buy a TJ Watt jersey, they already three hundred million dollars. They're already paid. That's a hundred million less than the salary cap. And now again, I'm not naive. I know it's expensive. There's a lot of operational costs, but you get where I'm saying. Before they sell any sponsorships or tickets or merchandise, three hundred million dollars per season per team just on media alone. 
So for some of these guys, it's it's not like it is for us as a fa- as fans. And you, what are you doing to win? I don't care who the coach. I don't care what their background is. I don't care if they're black, white, purple. We always say that. Is anybody actually purple? You you. I don't know about that. I want to win games, right? Like that's what Steelers fans are saying. Absolutely. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care where they come from. Give me the best candidate because I want to win games. That's not how all these people are, are are operating. It's it's just the truth. No, and it's like I said, it's very unfortunate, but you're absolutely right. That is the truth. And I know we got to get ready to go to a break, but I wanted to discuss something real quick because I do see a couple of tweets coming in on this as well. And I do want us to potentially go to the phone lines Ooh. coming up in this final segment. So since you are, you know, the the, the producer today. Yeah, let me make let, sure. Let, I, let me let know me what's the sure, easiest way for you to, sure to, to handle this. You know, before I, I start talking up here, here, all right? You know, you, you, you let me know. Is that still? A, can we can we accommodate the, think, the good people? I think we can. I can think we accommodate the people. I think we can take a couple phone calls okay, if you want to. Okay, yeah. okay. Let me make sure the mouse is working here on this thing. Uh oh. Da, da, da. And this is great Hold radio, on. by the way. This Hold is authentic on. radio. Right, this think, is how we do I, it. I think we're. I think we're. I think we're live, Arthur. Mose. All right. Well, the beauty is this. I don't even know the number. Oh. So I'm gonna turn it over to you. So if you have the phone number, we can give these people the digits to dial. Obviously, we'll talk to them a little bit in break to get them checked in. But I really want to see, you know, spend some time talking with the people when we get into this final segment. Yeah, let's see what we do. let's see what we got here. It's been a while since we've hit the phone lines. Absolutely. So she'll drop that number for them one time. Puffle four. 412-919-8562. Say that again for the people in the back. 412-919. Nate Washington Tunchokin. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. So it's simple. Call those digits. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to you live. Yeah, I'll do my best. No guarantees, but I'll do my best. And then we did see some tweets coming in, so we'll definitely continue to react to those as well before we get to this final segment. But once again, this is Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio.